0: Block talk radio good morning out there in Block talk radio land and rainbow soul and google play and itunes and i could just go on and on where people are coming in to off the shelf and our listeners i have i'm going to check this week they have gone up significantly so i want to thank all of our our the loyal listeners who've been with us now for 13 years Oh, my goodness, 13 years, you guys. And for those who just listening to Off the Shelf, for the first time, I will definitely be introducing the show and you before we enter. get you ready for our awesome guest who's on deck and excited to share information with you about writing and books and our books in particular, and and we're going to share some tips. Uh, I definitely want to get some in on book marketing, so all our listeners, come in and get entertained and educated and inspired and get insights and things they can only get here at Off The Shelf Radio. And I want to tell you, there is still time for you to go tell your friends, your colleagues. I'm a book lover, and I've been a book lover since I was a kid, and I love hearing about Great books, just like people got excited about the movie Black Panther and other movies. I remember when Titanic came out, but now it is Black Panther, and I love that movie. But we get excited when you you really love a story to share it with other people. So there's still time for you to go out and tell your friends and book lovers and colleagues and relatives to dial in to Off the Shelf to learn about Cheryl Robertson's books. And the dial-in is 347-994-3490, or you can get off the shelf online. You just look up Denise Turney off the shelf as you come up at the very top and click on the link to access the show online. But again, the dial-in is 347-994-3490. You still got time to catch the show. And so now I want to drop a positive thought into Your mind this morning This one is from Nelson Mandela And the quote is It always seems impossible Until it's done We know there's so much going on in the world But whatever it is you want to do Remember that This man was put in prison And went on to become the president Of a country who wanted to, to Destroy him which is pretty amazing It always seems impossible Until it's done Nelson Mandela and again, you are listening to the Winning Book Radio Show off the shelf. And welcome, welcome. We are getting ready to head into, this is the Saturday before the last Saturday, March. Can you guys believe that? Next Friday is Good Friday, and we headed into Easter, and March is almost over. So I hope you're thinking about the goals that you wanted to to fulfill, including your reading goals. I said I was going to read more books this year, and I'm off to a good start. So we're happy to have you here on deck with us. Before we go and introduce you more to today's guest, I wanted to ask you how good of a mystery sleuth are you? Are you one of those people who can figure things out before before it's revealed in the book, before it's revealed in the movie? I actually saw a movie, Murder on the Orient Express, when it came out, and I was trying to figure out who did it. Before the very end of the movie, do uh, uh, you love to do that? And do you also value relationships and, and love and romance and relationships, not only an intimate relationship but a complicated parent-child relationship? Because our childhood relationships stay with us throughout our entire physical experience. I don't care how much therapy you get. I don't care what you do there are parts of your childhood that are never going away. They stay with us forever. So if you value these types of relationships and it's like Nelson Mandela you believe it always seems impossible until it's done. If you value those things, I think you will really want to get a copy of Love for Over Me. It's in print and e book form. If you don't see it, if you see go to like a Barnes and Noble and, and you don't sit on the shelf, just ask the clerk, you want to get a copy of Love for Over Me by Denise Turney, and they can order a copy for you. Again, Love for me by Denise Turney, and I hope you will go out and get your copy today. So now let us go, and we're going to go meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And our special guest this morning is Cheryl Robertson. Cheryl is a Detroit, Michigan native. She earned her Bachelor of Science in Marketing from Wayne State University. And she wrote her first novel, Blue's Bottom, in less than a week. And I'm impressed. And she wrote novels while she worked a corporate job. She writes contemporary women's fiction. And some of the books that Cheryl has authored include, If It Ain't One Thing, Sweet Georgia Brown, In Love with a Younger Man, When I Get Free, Memories of Yesterday and When I Get Where I'm Going, X-Ray, and she has her Ray series which are her latest books that are out. And you can check out more of her Ray Trilogy at UntilRayTrilogy.com, U-N-T-I-L-R-A-Y-T-R-I-L-O-G-Y.com. Again, that's U-N-T-I-L-R-A-Y-T-R-I-L-O-G-Y.com. But you can also find Cheryl Robinson at com. But her latest books, the Ray Trilogy, until com. We're going to talk about her Ray series and some of her other books this morning here on Off the Shelf. But first we want to give her a great welcome. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Cheryl.
1: Thank you, Denise, for having me on your show. It's a pleasure to be
0: here. We're happy to have, have you here. Now, the first few questions... We ask all of our guests. I used to just go right into the questions, and then uh, some listeners said, "Can you give us a little, give them time to give a little backstory on the authors before you go right into the questions?" So the first few questions I ask every guest who comes on the show. So the the first one of those questions is, "Can you tell our listeners, Cheryl, where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up?"
1: Oh, sure. Uh, I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. I went to Catholic school up until eighth grade and couldn't wait to get out of uh, that uniform. So for high school, I attended a public high school. It's uh, Cass Tech, which is a four-year university preparatory high school that's um, in the heart of the city in Midtown. And um, I love my you know my upbringing, my childhood. I mean, as with many teenagers, I have some challenges with, you know, awkwardness and things like that, but I really enjoy um my upbringing.
0: Okay, when you were a kid, Cheryl, what did you dream? What did you dream of becoming when you grew up? When you were I want to grow up and be an astronaut or I want to grow up and own my own business. What did you what was your dream of becoming hmm. when you were a child?
1: Okay, that's an interesting question because as a child, um so my father really wanted a doctor. He really wanted one of us, I'm the youngest of three, he really wanted one of us to become a doctor. And initially, because at CAS it was a university prep, so you could major. So that was something I was going to do or trying to do for my father, but nothing that, it wasn't a dream of mine. So um, initially, after high school, my goal had been to go to FIT, um, in New York, and be, I wanted to become a fashion buyer, but uh, I did, you know, my parents did take me around to different schools, and FIT was one of our stops, but they weren't sold on the idea, and they were the ones paying for it, so initially, I went to Howard University um, for two years, but again, that just wasn't something that, I mean, I was set on becoming this fashion buyer and, and things of that sort, Um after 2 years I left, I ended up going coming back home, went to Wayne State as you mentioned in the intro and with a marketing degree. Um so writing was something that while I was at Wayne State, I took a fiction writing class um as an elective and that's when I realized that's something that you know, I was really interested in, not necessarily thinking of it as a career, um, but when I, as you mentioned, writing the novel in a week, that was through a class. So we would write short stories, but my uh, professor suggested that I enter this writing contest that they have annually. And so I toyed with the idea, but I waited until the last minute, so I only had a week like a week, maybe two weeks to finish the novel and I did it and I earned a um honorable mention and I thought to myself, hmm, now I wrote this like in under two weeks. I didn't even read it back. I didn't do any editing or anything. And so I wondered to myself and and the class I enjoyed uh tremendously and that was like the easiest A I'd ever earned. So I wondered to myself it was Planted in my head. Is this something I can do? You know, but it was years later before I decided to actually uh, do do that.
0: You are the second guest. When I was listening to you, and thanks for what you shared. You're the second guest who I, I thought I was listening to a previous guest for a second, who said I I did what my father wanted me to do. I pursued that. I said oh, that's deja vu. I heard that on the show. Oh, really? It's amazing how our lives, we think we are so, like, we think we're having an experience. Nobody's having except us. And then as we get out and branch out and listen to people, hopefully we connect with each other. That's Mm -hmm. just a blessing when we connect. We find out, whoa, this person actually had an experience similar to mine. So you Mm -hmm. were older when you, your writing sort of was something that you kind of stumbled you kind of stumbled into, but I have to ask you this. What prompted you, Cheryl, and how long was this book? What prompted you to write a novel in less than a week, and your very first novel with that, and how long did it, that book turn out to be?
1: So it wasn't something that was published. It was something that I did in college for a contest, and um, it was a little over 200 pages, And that's what prompted me, you know, doing that contest. And I only had, you know, a week, a little over a week to finish it. And so, you know, I just, since my professor suggested that I enter, I went ahead and entered. And I was shocked that I even received an honorable mention, you know. Um, And that's what really made me think, hmm, okay, well, what if I actually you know, gave this some time and, you know, edited the book and all of that, you know. But again, I was probably a junior. I'd say I was a junior in college at that time, and it wasn't until I started relocating um, with uh, the company that I was working for at the time, Chrysler, that I, um, I was on my very first corporate relocation, and I was living in Syracuse, New York, And it was really dreary there, rainy a lot. I mean, I just, and plus the environment that I came in because they relocated a bunch of us because there was, uh, they had to get rid of a lot of people due to the scandal that happened at the office. So it was, you know, the environment wasn't that great. The people who were left, they were looking at us, wondering what was going on, if they were going to be next. It was just a, a negative environment. So when I came home, just, you know, to relieve stress and all that, I started writing. And that's how I got into it, you know, when I started relocating. I started writing.
0: Man, you know what? It's amazing how, and this is something I I tell myself, instead of thinking I know something, go with it. Go with it. Like the, the change at your job, you could see it as a bad thing. Oh, you could go with it. And it leads you into some mm-hmm.
1: blessing. That's
0: so true. You, you can you can you can fight it or you can go with it. But we, we these shows, I got to tell you, off the shelf goes like a blur. goes so fast, I never get around to asking all the questions. And I definitely want to talk about each of your books. But before we go into it, for writers who are who are in that place that you may still be in, or when you started writing, they were in. Tell us, Cheryl, how do you manage? to juggle the corporate work, which alone can be extremely challenging, and novel writing. How how, how do you juggle that?
1: Oh, I could tell you how I used to juggle it because I don't have the corporate life anymore. Um, and, you know, I had that life for 11 years when I was juggling. I was juggling wow. both, yes, for 11 years. And then one day I came to work. And um, they, you know, called us all to the center of this branch office that I was working at. um, And they told us that it was going to be – first of all, when I came into work, our computers weren't working. (laughs) You know, no one's computers were working, and the IT guy was not going around to (laughs) try to assist us in that. So that was like one clue. And this was during the recession in 2009. So there was, you know, we were borrowing money. You know, Chrysler had to borrow money from the government and all this. So there was some talk that, you know, our jobs weren't that stable. So then we, I come to work, turn on the computer, nothing's coming on. We're looking over into the IT area. They're not getting up to assist us. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, hmm, this this is not good. And then finally – I think they kept us waiting, though, for a minute, uh, probably 30 minutes to an hour. and you're, We're just talking and everything. And then finally, you know, um, the manager comes out and has us all come to – because Chrysler a huge corporation, and I worked for the financial end of it, Chrysler Financial. It's a huge company, but I worked in a branch office. So it was probably maybe mm-hmm. 75 to 100 of us. And they had um, – had us, it probably wasn't even 75, but anyway, they had us come to the center and he stood up and he told us that this was going to be, you know, our last day. And so, you know, before, when I left, when I left my home and was driving to work, I had no idea. So it was literally like, this is your last, no one had any idea. And it was some people who were so close to retiring and they were, you know, breaking down and, and, you know, in tears, like, you know, they couldn't believe it, you know. And, um, but for the, for back to your question, how do you juggle it? I mean, it's difficult when you're working full time and because writing is a full time job. I mean, you know, it's, an idea could pop into your head. You know, you're a writer. An idea can pop into your head mm-hmm. at any moment when you're driving or <laughs> when you're at work. Or at lunch or anything. And it is, at a certain point, you have to give up something. Like, am I giving up television? Am I giving up, you know, what am I giving up to get this done? Because, you know, you're not going to necessarily give up your job unless you're at a point in your writing where you can do that. You know, at the point that, I wasn't given a choice about my job. You know, my job was just taken away at that time. Um like yes, it's definitely a sacrifice working and and writing, but you know, you find a way because writing is such a calling for you. Don't you agree? Like isn't it really something yeah, that you when like you're driving something you or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, is
0: mm-hmm. it? Mhm. Mhm. You feel like it's something you So you do, and I've heard other people say that when something's really important to you, Uh, To us, we find a way to um, we find a way to get it done. Even if we have to ask somebody else, delegate different things, we have to set uh, very clear guidelines with people. No, I can't work till eleven o'clock at night. I have a private life as well, so this is this is the way it is. You you have to. That's the way you know. A lot of us delegating, setting clear guidelines, and setting a, a clear schedule. When I'm going to write. Because the corporate world can, will chew up every, <laughs> every oh, moment. Oh, yeah. You
1: have. Oh, definitely.
0: If, mm-hmm. you, if you let it, they will chew up every moment that you have. Now, before we go in to talk about the fabulous Ray series, I want to talk about being in love with a younger man. And that's something, you know, they had that show Cougar on years ago. Generally, it's flipped. Like with our president and first lady now, you'll see it generally be flipped where an older man might be with a woman who's 20 or 30 years younger than him and nobody there's no big deal but when it's reversed it can grab a lot of attention can you tell us what only Anna Day what is she like she's this older woman uh, who's in young love with this younger man but what is she like
1: oh you're taking me way back now Denise oh my (laughs) god you're taking me way back um because you're taking me back to a book that I wrote when I was, um, you know, when I had a, a book deal with Penguin, and so that was one okay. of the books that I wrote. It was before I was became an independent author. Well, I started off as an independent author. Then I was picked up, and I did six books with Penguin under their New American Library imprint. And then now I'm an independent author. So you're taking me back to, oof, like almost ten years ago. <laughs> But let me see if I can even remember about her. Um, I know she was corporate. I know she was, um, you know, she had a, a really good corporate job. And because I before I, lo- well, I still write because my other, so Sarita is corporate too. So because of my corporate background, a lot of times I will have, um, mm-hmm. you know, put a little of that in there. But you know she had a great job, but again her relationship front it wasn't materializing into anything, and she met this younger man. And I was kind of mirroring a little bit because at that particular point when I was writing that book, I was dating someone much younger than me, a man that was wow. So you know I said let me write this um a, a story about that and when I was pitching it to my agent, he liked the idea, and then he was able to pitch it to the editor at uh, Penguin, at New American Library, rather. You know, they picked up on it. Because sometimes, at least then, you know, I would pitch things that I was really passionate about that wouldn't get the go-ahead. It would usually get the go-ahead with my agent um, because he's, you know, my advocate. He was my advocate, but once he tried to pitch it to the editor at the house, you know, it would come back, well, uh, no, we're not really interested in that, but what about this, you know? And so then I found myself sometimes writing things that I wouldn't necessarily, that wasn't my idea, but I tried to do the best I could with it. Whereas when you're an independent author, you know, then obviously whatever your idea is, you can go with. You still hopefully will get an editor, but your editor is still editing your work that you decided, you know, you want to write. So, Mm -hmm. you know, talking about In Love with a Younger Man, I will say it's a book that I did want to write. You know, some of the books that I wrote under, as I just mentioned, under um, New American Library, Penguin, wasn't necess- weren't necessarily my idea, but that was one that was my uh, idea based on an experience you know that I had.
0: Okay, now I wanted to ask you. I know you said you're going back ten years, and I know Portia. For me, my first novel, I'm I'd go back to '98 when that was published. Uh, but I still remember Portia. I still the characters I think are parts of the author, and I'm not sure if you you feel that way, but. I can re my care the characters they feel like a part of me even even to this day and I know if if it's not a book that you totally concepted and I appreciate you sharing that you might not feel as close to the character because it's somebody else's ideal but I know at the at the in the book Oleana and I love that name she's looking for change and so she runs into Matthew Harper without giving the story away because the, there could be off the shelf listener dealing with that now or thinking about it and they might want to read your book uh but is does that without giving the story away is that a good move for her to uh and is this the first time she's been in a relationship with a younger man
1: yes it was her first time being in a relationship with a, a much younger man
0: mm-hmm. now he's for our listeners he's eight 18 years uh, younger, and I only have two more questions I wanted to ask you on this before we go into the race series, which I know is what you prefer to talk about, but I also want to talk about some of your other books. But So okay. he's 18 years younger than o- Oleana Matthew Harper. Uh, what type of challenges does that present for uh, both of them, Oleana and Matthew? This is a topic that impacts a whole lot of people, uh, in real life, what type of challenges does that age difference present for them in, in your book, In Love with a Younger Man?
1: I think for her it prevent it presented the challenge of, is this a serious relationship for him? It is for me, but is it a serious relationship for him, or is it just something he's doing because this is a phase he's going through? You know, oh, you know, I'm with this older woman, you know, um, you know, So that was her challenge, maybe somewhat, maybe so that may sound insecure, like she's insecure about it, but I think sometimes older women do wonder, especially when it's a considerable age difference. Because then you talk about children. Okay, if you're already, you know, she was, what, in her 40s, and he was in his late 20s, I believe it was. So, you know, did he want children and all of that? But he really, truly loved her, Um, but they had those challenges with her wondering things. And then there was another man involved that was more her age, more established, and someone she had to consider, is this a better match for me? You know, because he was a young man trying to... You know, Matthew was a young man trying to get his life together. I mean, he had a pretty good—he had a great job too. Don't don't get me wrong. He, for a young man, he was more established than some men his age because he was in the sales arena and he did well with with the sales. He was a car salesman, but he was he was a a good car salesman and he sold upscale cars. That's how they met because she was buying a BMW a convertible and he was a salesperson there. So.
0: Do you? What would you, based on your experience, and then writing the book, whatever you heard from maybe from readers who have also read your book in love with a younger man, would you recommend? Is that something you would recommend, or just say stay open that it could it could work out? It could it could be a good thing uh, as I long mean, as you step like you said.
1: You know, it could be, or it just depends, or it could even be a phase for you too. Like when I look back at that, I was like. At the time, I was so attracted to a younger man, but now I'm so attracted to men my age, you know. So I couldn't even imagine dating a man so much younger. I think that, you know, now I know exactly what you said in the beginning, you know, but is an older man attracted to me because a lot of times older men are attracted to women who are considerably younger than them. That's the norm. Like, that's not unusual when we see, you know, a man 50 with, you know, a woman half his age. You know, no one says anything but for it to be flipped, you know. So I can't really say because every situation is different. And there are some younger men who really do, you know, who are really more attracted to older women. So I don't think there's a blanket should they or should they not.
0: Just beware of the challenges, like you said. Do you want children? Mm -hmm. But that applies. That applies regardless of your ages, because some people just don't want kids. Exactly. Regardless of the age gap, do you want kids? So a lot of those issues. That's a that's a good point. A lot of those things will come up in any relationship. But these are things for anybody getting married. You would discuss: Do you want kids? How you going to raise your kids? Where do you want to live? You want mm-hmm. to live in a city or in a country, and this is stuff people don't even think about to after they get married. Right, right, <laughs> right. Then they, then the issues come up. And yeah, now they start like, talking. The but... You should talk <laughs> or start about listening one because they might have been talking. <laughs> oh, oh, right, right, Now, now to your Ray Book series as we go into continuing to talk about relationships and what can go right and wrong. Did you always set out, Cheryl, to make the Ray Books a trilogy?
1: Was that no. always your
0: initial plan?
1: No, not at all. And this is the book that and the series that like you talk about your character staying with you for years and years to come. I know that that these characters will stay with me for years and years to come because it the way it started and came about it was so organic. First of all, it came from a time where I wasn't even sure I was going to write another book. And the book I intended to write was going to be more along the lines of, you know, not my life, but more of something that happened uh, to my father when he was um, in ICU and all that. But I just couldn't, I was too close to the story, and I didn't want to write about something that I was that close to because I didn't think I would do it any justice. But then I felt a sense of obligation because my father passed away. And when he was in the hospital, I remember when he could speak because it was a point when he no longer could. They had him intubated. Um, But before that happened, you know, he was like, "This, this could make, this would be a good book. You know, this is something you should write. So I felt like that sense of obligation initially to write it because that was one of the last things he said. But it just wasn't working out, and it took a while for me to, like, let it go. And I remember looking down, because I was so obsessed with what happened to him and all the mistakes they made at the hospital, I would just, I got all of his medical records, and they were literally, like, about 20 boxes worth. That's how long he was in the hospital, how much they did to him. And they, you know, I got all of his medical records, and so I would go through them, and I remember going through his x-rays. And I kept looking one day, this was like probably maybe two years after he passed or something, um, and I kept looking at x-ray, one of his x-rays, and I kept looking at the word x-ray, x-ray, x-ray. And I said, hmm, that would be interesting. That would be an interesting title. But just instead of saying X, do E-X and Ray be the character, right? Ah. And so that's how the X-Ray book, how I thought about it. And I carried it around with me for probably in my head for a good year after that. I just knew it was someone's X and his name was Ray. And I felt, I was like, okay. This In my mind, I said, this is my father telling me, okay, I know you're having a hard time. Don't worry about writing the book about me. But I still felt it was born from something from him because I was staring at, you know, his x-ray. Yes. That's how the title came about. And so then as far as it becoming a trilogy, um, for the first time, I said, well, I want to do things differently since I was at a place. And it could have been from depression, from what happened to my father and watching, you know, when you watch someone take their last breath, I can't even describe because that was the first time I'd ever done actually, yes, people, you know, close to me have passed, but I've never actually watched someone take their last breath and fight, you know, not for that to be the case. And so and for to know it was preventable. And so, you know, I definitely feel I was going through depression, and and you know, I just felt like, well, I don't want to write anymore. You know, a lot of my life has been dedicated to writing, um, and I just didn't think I wanted to do it. So it was what five years, and then this I came out with my series, but I wanted to do some things different, and I had never worked with a beta reader, and so I said, well, that be that would be interesting because. One part of writing, as I don't know if you feel this way, also, but you know, it's somewhat of a lonely process. You don't, you want to keep everything close to the vest, you know, initially, but also you want feedback because you don't know. Mm-hmm. So I said, "Well, let me get some feedback." So you know, I hired a beta reader, and she was oh, actually okay. the one. She said, "Also oh, in the series," and I was like, "Series." She's like, so in this um, series, you know, uh, where does this book fall? And I was like, "Hmm, maybe it is a series. And then, not only that, I wanted to take, because I wrote X-Ray before Until Ray, even though Until Ray, the free book, came out first. But how Until Ray started was it was a lot of backstory in X-Ray that I wanted to move out. And so I said, I'm just going to put up a little novella, and it's going to be free. It's probably going to be about 80 pages, and I'm going to have it as a free e-book. But then it grew and grew and grew to a full novel, but I still decided to still have it free, you know, as an ebook. book And so that's how this trilogy started.
0: Okay, because I was going to ask you next. You sort of segued into my next question. And until Ray, which I thought was the first book, in the trilogy, but it was the one you you sort of whack people's appetites to. But Ray is a player in Until Ray. Why would right. Sarita? Mm-hmm. Why would Sarita ever, ever, ever want to settle down with him? She has this winning career. Her life looks so on track. Why would she be attracted to Ray?
1: Because sometimes we, not just women, but I can't speak for a man. So you know, we make mistakes and but then again the question in the in the um trilogy becomes was it a mistake? is it a mistake? Um you know, it was her first relationship. She had been rather focused on, you know, her career and her education and also her mother's, you know, desire for her for her daughter's life. She wanted to make her mother proud. Um her parents, but her mother put more pressure on her than her dad did. So, you know, her mother initially wanted her to become a doctor. And, okay, well, you're not going to become a doctor, then I want you to marry a doctor because both of her parents were doctors. And mm-hmm. so she was a, a achiever, did what she was expected to do, always got good grades, went to Catholic school all through college, you know, through Georgetown, you know, and did well, had a great job, Um, at General Motors but she never dated so she didn't have the dating experience so as her first Mm -hmm. experience you know she she did meet Ray through some mutual best friends so her best friend was married to his best friend and they
0: Uh. reluctantly
1: introduced her knowing you know Ray's Saying I'm changed. I'm a changed man. You know, certain things have happened to me in my life, and I want to settle down with a good woman. And how Sarita being at the time when the trilogy opens, because it spans 30 years. So at the time when it opens, he's 24.
0: And how old is Sarita? When he,
1: she's also 24 when they, they're they the same age. She's maybe oh, she's young. like a few months older than him. Yeah, so they're really young when it first opens. And Okay. He's always been a player. But he never had a real relationship either. He's just had a lot of win you know, he just played around a lot, but never settled down with any of them. Where she didn't have a relationship at all, never even dated, never even kissed a man, nothing. You know. Um, and then she meets him.
0: Now why and did so, she choose Ray? I gotta ask you this though. Okay, I hear you saying she's young okay. and that twenty four is young. That is young. Mm-hmm. Why mm-hmm. did why did Sarita, why did she choose Ray over Dr. Graham Emerson? I mean, some people would say, oh, "What is she thinking?" Right. <laughs> well, she...
1: part of it was attraction. You know, that's shallow, but I mean, it's it's what initially, you know, physical attraction. She was very physically attracted to Ray. Ray is a very attractive man. Okay? And she was attracted to him. She was he was her type. You know, some people have types, and even though he was criticized for having a type, if she was really to think about it, she also had a type. You know, her type was she loved a dark-skinned man, you know, and Dr. Graham Emerson was a very fair-skinned man, could actually pass, but it wasn't only so much of that with him, with Graham. It was also Graham seeming more like a brother to her because they grew up together. You know, their families were really tight. They grew up in the same uh, area, which is called Palmer Woods, which is an area in Detroit. Actual, everything in the book was, you know, uh, the, everything that I mentioned in the book is something, you know, a landmark or something in the city that you can actually find. Maybe there was one thing I may have fabricated. No, but that was an x-ray. Um, but everything, so Palmer Woods, where they grew up, you know, he she grew up with Graham. Um He, their families are really tight. He's eight years older than her, which to her, at that age, early 20s, feels like it seems so old to her. And he used to be best friends with her older brother. So she sees him as more of a brother figure, and she just can't attach, you know, any romantic feelings to him. But she knows he's a great guy. But the person who has her heart, you know, is Ray.
0: Now, now, so I I I don't want to get a story away, um, but Sarita and Ray go on. Their relationship does advance. How long are they together? I don't I don't want to say what a relationship was. To, so, Sarita, I don't want to give away that part, right? Because I don't so want to how give long any are Sarita spoilers? and spoilers. Yeah, how long are they together? How long have they been together? By the time until Ray ends.
1: So all total with, um, well, I mean, the fact that X-Ray is out gives a spoiler away for Until Ray. So obviously, <laughs> you know, because if you read what X-Ray is about, then you know certain things about Until Ray. But they were, they dated for a year, okay, and then they did end up, you know, marrying in Until Ray. But before that, they okay. date, their dating and engagement, you know, was a year. So until Ray goes, it gives all the backstory, so that when you read X Ray, and Until Ray again was the free is the free book on ebook. So when you read X Ray, when you start to X Ray, you know these characters, you know them, you know how they met, their challenges that were in their relationship, what may have, uh, you know, got pulled them apart as well.
0: And and you know, when you said that doc, the doctor Emerson, her parents wanted her to go into that field, they that I can only imagine the conflicts uh, Sarita getting with Ray had even with her parents. But can you oh, please goodness, give us a brief yes. can you give can you give us a brief overview of X ray?
1: Oh yes. Now X ray, uh let me see how I can do this because there are a lot of surprises but I will say this about x-ray so in until ray it's all about them in their in their youth so from like 24 to 26 is is twenty 24 to, to 26 when it ends and it's in the 80s um, but when x-ray starts two parts it's divided into three parts and in the first two parts it rotates between you hear from the two main characters, so Ray Saint and Sarita Saint. It opens with Sarita, but it opens where Until Ray left off. So you get to know, well, what is she doing now as a result of what happened in Until Ray? But when you meet X I mean, when you meet Ray in the very next chapter, it's current day. Okay. So even when it rotates back and you read more about Sarita, up until a certain point, it's still, you're learning what happened in the book with Sarita as a result of Ray leaving. And, you know, some interesting characters that come into her life, mainly another doctor. Um, So, and then Ray's regret for leaving her and and things of that nature, you're dealing with that with him. and what brings him back to Detroit.
0: Because he's in now Atlanta. Ray and Sarita,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Okay, Atlanta got a little spot in in, 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 the, in the trilogy. <laughs> now, Ray and Sarita were together 27 years. So he obviously, he started out 24 years young. He's a player. He must have settled down. He must have. Well,
1: now, I don't want to give anything away, but... Yeah, they'll definitely have to read this and find out about how they were together for 27, <laughs> 27 years because that's interesting. That's very interesting. But um, it's a little In 27 twist to that.
0: years, he he would have evolved some. I can't imagine no human not evolving any after 27. Oh, yes. Years. He's a
1: totally different person.
0: He's a completely
1: different person. And it was. He was evolving. He was evolving before all these years passed, but then something happens to really change his life and really change him.
0: Wow. Now, I was going to ask you, why would he leave Sarita after 27 years of marriage? 27 Mm -hmm. years with somebody, married, dating, working with somebody, it doesn't matter. You've gone through a lot.
1: So he didn't leave her after 27 years. So in book one, so I'm going to just tell everybody, for anyone who listens to this or may be listening, this is a spoiler, but by the release of X-Ray, it's already a spoiler, because if you read what X-Ray is about, if you read the the cover on X-Ray, the blurb, you already know something that happened at the end of Until Ray. So he didn't stay with Sarita for 27 years. He comes back. 27 years later so he actually left her after just a year okay and then he leaves for 27 years and then he comes back
0: ah okay wow Yeah. yeah wow now that is a mystery you stayed a year what went wrong what went so horribly wrong and then um and then twenty seven years later what would make you come back. You come back.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: yes, what would make you what would make you come back? Now then the one. Is that currently in the works? Or is the 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 uh that's the last book in the trilogy. No. Um,
1: did, did you say that? the one?
0: Yes. That's actually the
1: one is actually a book that was already published. The last book in the trilogy is after Ray, which initially I put a cover, I did a cover reveal for after Ray. And then some Mm -hmm. of the feedback that I got on my cover reveal, I decided I'm going to revamp the cover. I'm going to change the cover because not only the feedback that I got on the cover, but when I started putting together marketing material with all three covers, the third book wasn't matching the other two as well. And so I said, okay, I have to go back. So, um, but the third book is called After Ray. It comes out the end of June, the last Friday in June, and I will hopefully have the new cover um, put that up on my website and on Facebook probably by the end of next week. And
0: Can you give us uh, – Are you? is it finished? You said it comes out the end of June. Can you give us any insight or a synopsis on After Ray? This is the very last book in the trilogy when – you're going to wrap everything up and people can go from the beginning to the end and say, oh, okay, now. I get right. It.
1: Yes. I mean, what I can say without giving any spoilers, cause I really don't want to give any spoilers for, especially the second, you know, second book. Um, the first book is a free book and it gives the background. So I think people, since it's free and it gives the background, people will be reading that more for background. And, they won't necessarily mind as many spoilers. But when you are, you know, you want to be surprised. Most readers, they want that element of surprise. But I will say that, yes, it wraps mostly everything up. I want to say everything up um, that may have been lingering in book two. And it still goes back a little bit because this is a 30-year journey. Um, with So, it still goes back a little bit to some things that needed to be wrapped up, especially in Sarita's life. Um, so it, for her, it opens in 1993. So for the first, again, it's, it's in three parts. And the first part, it goes back a little bit. But then for part two and part three, both of them are our current day. Um, there was something I wanted to say about the trilogy. Oh, you asked me about the third part, the third book.
0: Yeah, it's coming out in June. I wanted to ask it's you done. Don't want to give it a is, spoiler, finished. but I was asking you for a snapshot. So it it the whole story, and I love your website, the, the untilraytrilogy.com Trilogy oh, dot com website, uh, which I'm looking at even now as we're doing the interview. The, it, the you said part of it takes place in Atlanta, but most of the book takes place in Detroit. Does it take place, I mean Detroit is not the city it used to be, it's coming back, I know it's Mm -hmm. starting, Detroit is starting to come back, I'm told people, particularly the millennials are coming back downtown, so um, Mm -hmm. I think the guy who owns the the Cleveland Cavaliers, he has pumped Mm -hmm. a lot of money into it, and the, the other organizations trying to revive Detroit, but the Ray triller Oh, you know does, a lot about Detroit. Take, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but mm-hmm. does this take does this take place during before you know the auto industry really started to struggle in Detroit, and then the scandals with the mayor and everything? Mm-hmm. When, when does the story take place? Is oh, it when do Detroit you Detroit is if, really struggling?
1: If you or, don't mind me asking, where are you from?
0: Oh, I'm from Ohio, but I just know. Oh, oh just that's know, why. From, okay, because you know a yeah, lot about who, Detroit. Who, Yes, yeah. The, the time period that the story takes place, What's how's the city doing when the trilogy, you know, rolling out?
1: Okay, so since it spans 30 years, so in the beginning, it's in the 80s. So that's when Detroit was, you know, really
0: yes. doing
1: well with yep. the auto industry and hmm. things like that. But then through the 30-year period, you know, like as you mentioned, you know, the struggles that Detroit went through, but it is – coming back, particularly the midtown, downtown area. Now, there's still some work that needs to be done, you know, in our neighborhoods. I still say our, even though I don't even live there, but I'm just, you know, a native Detroiter that loves (laughs) Detroit, you know, but there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, you know, in the inner city of Detroit. But the downtown area, midtown area is, you know, a lot of businesses are coming in. There's a Whole Foods down there, which there used to not even be a grocery store downtown. So now there's a Whole Foods. And so, yes, through 30 years, you know, you, verse it, you see it at its height. And then, of course, there's the struggles, but it is, the city is on a, I want to optimistically think, you know, on the upswing.
0: You know, it would be amazing if you even intentionally or unintentionally tied that swing in with what goes on with your characters in the Ray Trilogy, and you could look back and say, wow, I didn't even intend to do that. that, (laughs) Right. Uh If it it followed that same wave. We only have about ten minutes left, and I want to talk about the one, because the one deals with reality television, which is whoever thought when MTV kicked off that, their series, I mean, I'm going way back, that this reality TV would still be going on today. And there's so many of them. There's like two or three set in Atlanta alone. So I wanted to ask you, the one deals with that, sort of like the reality TV. Have you ever visited a reality TV set or met or worked with somebody who was on a reality TV show?
1: Never. But I used to be so hooked to reality television. I couldn't get enough of it. I always watched reality TV. Um, now I'm not so much, because right now I'm on this thing where to finish all the books that I have, I'm not really watching television at all. But I did yesterday watch something that I taped on demand, which was a reality TV so now that you mentioned that, Married to Medicine, I don't know. If, do you watch any reality TV?
0: No, Holly, I've seen it, though. I have seen it, but, no, I don't watch anything like, oh, this show come on on Tuesday. I don't know. You don't watch no. reality TV? I've seen it, but I don't stick with I have been stuck with the show, no.
1: Okay, Married to Medicine is... For a reality show, I don't know. It's something uh, very interesting about it. But so the whole thing with the one, I was that was when I was through, in my phase of watching a lot of reality television. So I added that element into the one. Now the one, ironically, is a um, you mentioned in love with a younger man in the very beginning. So it's like we're going full circle because this is the sequel to In Love with a Younger Man. So Elena, ah, yes, she's the bachelorette on this reality show. So it's the sequel to In Love with a Younger Man.
0: Ah, are there any plans, Cheryl, to turn the one into a TV series? No, Mm mm-mm. (laughs) <laughs> My home cycling. Like,
1: no, 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 no. You are such uh-uh. a
0: prolific writer. I mean we could we could to our off the shelf listeners, I mean like mom and when I when I was doing the research for your interview and I thought about your book Like Mom, I thought about Iana Van Zandt her show on own and I thought, man, it's that's similar to uh, uh what some of what the character in Like Mom is like. So your books have this real life uh, connect to them, to things that are going on in real life, like the reality TV shows, and I thought about Ayanna Van Zandt, the Like Mom book, and then Detroit, the changes it's gone through, and you set that for the Ray Trilogy book series. And I want to get that URL out again as we come to a close on the show for our listeners, because that website is amazing, and it's dot com. U n t i l r a y. T-R-I-L-O-G-Y, again, dot com. Who did your website? And That wasn't a question I meant to ask you, but who designed Until Ray Trilogy? Who did the website?
1: I designed it. Are
0: you serious?
1: Uh Uh-huh. You know, you can put together your own website, so I put it together. It was really fun. It's really easy, you know, because pretty much you just pick the format, and then you just start designing and it's so fun to do that because you get to use your creativity and you know as writers you know you can attest to this we're you know we're very creative so it was very fun for me to do that and now with the advancement in technology because when I did the Cheryl Robinson website I had someone do that you know I had someone design it and the frustration I had with that was when I needed updates and things, I always had to ask, you know. And, you know, of course, they have, I'm not their only client, so then I had to wait. Where this, I can just log on and do my updates, change things whenever I want. And so, yes, so, yes, I designed it.
0: You did an amazing, amazing, amazing job. What was? What did you use? Did you... What was the design tool you used? I mean, this is really really good.
1: Oh, uh, yes, yeah, so most of these website builders like you just go on a website builder and and they just you pick the format that you want, you know, and then from there you just kind of have to build it. So you just oh, you know,
0: so I mean, so you use
1: WordPress or no, 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 Wix is the name of the website builder I use, okay, but there's yeah, okay. a ton Wix, of them. Wix. Mm-hmm. There's okay. a, they all kind of operate the same now. Like back when I first did CherylRobinson.com, when I had someone do that, that was years back. And they didn't have all these different website builders. And so to get someone, you know, to hire someone to do your website was so costly. And now mm-hmm. it's so affordable and you just... You know, design it the way you want, good. and they give you the little tools. And if you need any extra tools, then, you know, you might have to purchase that. But it's
0: You did an it. amazing, amazing job. Before we oh, wrap up, you. Cheryl, coming, coming down to our last few minutes, can you share three to four steps? Because I like to give our listeners something that they can take away, especially our listeners who would like to be a published writer themselves. Can you share, like, three to four steps that you take, other than your awesome website, that you found to be effective at getting the word out about your books? Oh, I need
1: to know three or four steps. <laughs> I don't want to know myself. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I, like, search for books, and it's not even that many books on the um, subject the way it used to be, um, because maybe because things evolve so much, uh, because that is the challenge with writing, how to market our work. And with more and more writers – You know, out there, all I decided that I can do is put my focus and my energy into writing the very best book possible so that word of mouth can eventually travel. And because everything else is out of my control, I mean, I can, you know, pay for certain advertising, you know, I can put a Facebook page up, but. with With the readers being inundated on so many different messages and so many different books, I don't know what's going to happen with all that. The only thing that I can control is my writing. So when I sit down and I'm writing, I'm thinking about how can I make this book the very best and enjoyable for the reader and just letting my characters really live which that's why I really love the Until Ray trilogy because I didn't put I really let my characters tell the story. I could have easily changed certain things, you know, wondering, "Oh, how is this going to be received?" or "How is that going to be received?" but I couldn't really worry about that. I wanted to do the story the way the characters, you know, were telling it to me. And hopefully, I'm hoping that word of mouth will spread. So, I would say to uh readers, I mean writers out there just you know concentrate on what we love the best, which is writing. And just write something that you want to read because you have to love it first because then you have to go market and talk about it and if you don't like it, if you're just doing it because you think that
0: yes.
1: this is this is on trend or this is what's going to sell, or because this book did well and it was about this, so I'm going to write something similar. And then if it's not received well, because that's not even something that you wanted to write to begin with, it's going to be hard for you to promote it. So you have to just Mm. write what you love, you know, and do your very best at it.
0: Where can listeners get copies of your book, Cheryl?
1: So they can, um, you know, of course on Amazon, Amazon, so it's in paperback? Well, Until Ray is not in paperback. Until Ray is just a free ebook. And you can get that wherever ebooks are sold. You can get it free and download it. X ray, the second book, is in paperback and uh ebook and soon to be audiobook, but I'm doing the audiobook version. Now it was supposed to have been out. Ooh, when I tell you, you know, people charge like from five to ten thousand dollars to do an audio book for you. Now, when I tell you that they deserve every cent that they are charging, I am not exaggerating because it is so time consuming to do an audiobook, even though I love it. Mm-hmm. The editing portion of it is, oh, it takes forever. So I was hoping that it was going to be out right when X Ray was released. I'm almost finished with it now with the editing part. That's what took the longest. And they will be able to get that on Audible if they have an Audible um subscription. They'll be able to get that hopefully sometime in April. And then the paperback they can get on Amazon. They could also order it directly from the Until Ray trilogy. They can get it from they can request it from the library. The library if they don't have it in the library can order it if they want to read it in paperback.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. And then tell us where you are on social media. Where can people find you on social media?
1: So I have a Facebook page, and I have an Instagram page, but I'm going to be honest, I don't do much on Instagram. I did it because my sister said, you need an Instagram page. And so I put it up there, but I'm I'm so bad with it. I have to get more into that. Um, Maybe after I wrap up with my audio book, I can try to do something on that. But I'm on Facebook, and it's uh, Facebook dot com slash trilogy or you can just get it directly from the untilraytrilogy dot com. There'll be a link to Facebook, and um, I am active on on that Facebook page.
0: Okay, so you're on Facebook and Instagram. Maybe y'all can start hitting up on Instagram, and she'll start doing more on it. Because you can, <laughs> I do it on my cell phone. I'll just go on and do different things on my cell phone on Instagram. My son was the one who told me that to get on instagram but we we i tell you this hour and off the shelf always goes so fast i never ask the guests all the questions that i had online to ask them because we run out of time and that almost always happens so for those of you who came in midstream or to the end of the day's uh, show no worries once the show finishes streaming you can go back and listen to it in its entirety you can embed it on your website you can share it with other people who want to learn more about Cheryl Robinson and her books, and she, we gonna say she's coming up strong just like Detroit, Michigan is coming back strong, and she's a Detroit native. You are gonna to want to get over to Until Ray Trilogy that website, I, and she said she designed it herself, so that might be her next money maker. It's <laughs> U N T I L R A Y T R I L O G Y dot com. It's that website. Just go over there and see if you ain't blown away. You can also find her online at Robinson dot com, and Cheryl Robinson is the author of the Ray trilogy. She also her first novel was Blues Bottom, and she wrote that in less than a week. She's also written If It Ain't One Thing, Sweet Georgia Brown in Love with a Younger Man, When I Get Free, Memories of Yesterday, When I Get Where I'm Going, and more. We didn't even touch on a lot of the books. That she has written again. Her website is shelrobinson dot com, and UntilRayTrilogy.com, dot com, and that one is my favorite. That site like, just like whoa. So I encourage you to go over and support her and and get her until uh, the, her first book in the series is free. I, I get a D book free. Show, it's about eighty pages, but then you can get the extra. No, it's a full book. Ray. It's
1: actually not to cut you off, but it <laughs> actually a, is a full book.
0: It started as 80, and then she grew, grew uh-huh. up for a full book. But that was for free, in e-book format. Then you can get the X-Ray, and then After Ray should be out in June. If you just follow her along with her Until Ray Trilogy site or her Facebook page, she'll let you know when the book uh, is out. And then she's working on an audio book. As well, so we want to thank Cheryl Miller for being here with us on Off the Shelf. We want to thank each of you, our listeners, and as I always tell you, you are amazing. You're awesome. You are incredible. Go out and create a wonderful day for yourself. See you right back here at Off the Shelf next Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we have another awesome author on deck for you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Cheryl Robinson. And I will shoot you an email. Bye for now.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something
0: that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club.